0: Yesterday, Tim Newman, with his new nickname, Tiggs, Tim in Gulf Shores, because of some confusion with Smitty, Tim Smith from New Smyrna Beach, got on a call with his teammate Lori and Desiree from RevMax, and we learned a lot about the different strategies and settings inside of RevMax. I thought it was a good enough call that I cut out some of the information that was directly related to Tim's Gulf Shores market and made this podcast out of it. Take a listen to it. I think you'll learn something. I know I did. I'm Steve Schwab, and this is CasaCast.
1: Why don't we start with questions that you guys have, and then I can talk about strategy opportunities that I see on my side.
2: Right now, we're on yielding, and I believe we're going to move to market price, market-based pricing. I'm trying to understand a few things. I would like to know, in the properties where we put a rate in a season, and then we put a rate, what are we doing when we send it over to RevMax? What is happening? Like, what's the correlation to the relationship there? What is it doing when it gets there? If we're on yielding our market because that's the thing that we need to set up now and I don't know what it's doing so
1: market-based pricing means that the pricing strategy for that home is powered by a pricing bot and the bot is literally just going to follow the market So whatever the market is doing, there is an algorithm that we have built in, right? And whatever the market's doing and considering days of week, time of year, and all of that, the bot will adjust pricing based upon occupancy in the marketplace and will position that with one base rate. So in this case, what this is saying is under the market-based pricing tab of the unit, There is the dates, you'll have a base price. Now the base price is typically a price that is generated by historical reservations. Since there's no history in the system, it's gonna pull just an average price relative to the location and the bedroom size or average rates in the marketplace. It's just a, a bot generated value. We want to adjust this price And this is considered to just be a starting from rate, if you will.
3: Would this be the rate that my staffer is going in and we're gonna determine where we should be, what I would call a four rate?
1: No, this is just gonna be a rate that that we're telling the bot to reference whenever it's positioning itself in the marketplace. So this base price for market-based pricing is just saying when we start from these numbers, Right, And then you have, if there's an event or an event adjustment, you'll see that here. But ultimately, it's going to go through its algorithm, and it's going to give you this recommended price. And so in this case, if you were to push out these rates and publish them, this would be the rates that you would use. So the only thought here, is this an appropriate base price? Or actually, it would be, are these What we expect to see as a user, an end user, right, if the base price or if the floor rate that we have set for this unit is $89, then these are okay, right? These all look fine or fairly decent. If we say, you know what, these one bedrooms in this tower, they go for more than this. Then we say, okay, well, let's maybe adjust the base price a little bit. And then now my recommended prices, my positioning in the marketplace now changes to go up a little bit more. Right. So this is a lot of data tables. You could also look at it from a graph. So you could see, okay, this is where the current price is based upon my current strategy. That's the green line. And then now with the new base price that I just entered, it's giving me the blue line. So in this case, if I'm trying to drive occupancy, maybe I do need to use the market based pricing and use some of this. However, at the same time, we also have internally built some peaks and demands based upon seasonality that we may want to consider and therefore come into the system here and maybe adjust some of these events to make the output a little bit higher or to react. So, can I ask a question the
2: right there? Is
1: that where
2: the seasonal processing comes in streamline that we're putting in?
1: No. That's completely independent. This is where you're just like, just let the bot do its thing.
0: Okay. So no matter matter what they do in season, when you hit this, it overrides everything in streamline that you built on seasonality. It's just saying, okay, I get it. You had your other stuff, but it has nothing to do what we're doing right now. We're just following the market and pricing against the market and everything else in the system has a zero value except for, for rates.
1: Correct. Yes.
0: Yes. That's good information. All right. That's good information.
1: Yeah. So this is just completely independent of everything, just following the market. Okay. Okay. So you can use this. Yes. It is recommended to use this if we are, well, I don't know that I don't know that I would recommend it to use it for this market, only because I think there's some better strategies that we can use to capture and stay competitive within the marketplace. And so, Lori, one of the things that I heard Tim tell me was that you were out shopping competitors. So we can do that and do that in RevMax under what we call comp set pricing and what this allows us to do is go and shop products i'm just going to do a general you'd want to put in the house of whatever home you were looking for and you just put in the address i just put in the city and the state and what this will do is this will allow us to see and pull from verbo booking.com and airbnb here we have this little map and I can drill down into the map and I can say I want all of the listings That's so we good. can get that granular and we can search specific if it's an apartment, a house, a villa, think apartment, condos yeah, It's no. a house. Okay. And it, what size bedroom?
0: Three bedrooms.
1: And now it's going to tell me in this area right here, there's 10 homes or 10 three bedrooms that are listed as houses. So in this case, here's the 10 listings and you could see who is, yeah, who's managing it or who's the owner. Gotcha. So yeah, so in this case we can select that unit and I mean, we can call this three bedroom Ashley if we wanted to. And then we could save that comp set. And then within about 24 hours, her listing will pull into the tape chart, and you can see what the price is for that home for the next three sixty-five.
2: Can we assign that particular call say, like three units, and not everybody?
1: Yeah. And then from there, you and what you'd want to do is pull that data into the system so you can see what she's doing right for the next year, and then. We could take it to the next level and say, I want to mirror whatever she's doing, or I want to sit maybe ten dollars, ten percent, or whatever that strategy is. Right? I want to sit under her. Right. Maybe I want to sit under her during the week and above her on the weekends, or seasonality, whatever. We, it, the, the sky's the limit on strategy and configuration.
0: You, you could say I want to be always be five bucks cheaper than her in slow times and the same as her during busy.
3: Yeah, that's exactly what we want that's to do. That's exactly Comps so, is what we mean.
1: The listing will pull in 24 hours. So we'll see it tomorrow,
2: basically, in RevMax.
3: We've got three exact properties right where she's at.
2: Right. So, again, same question. Do we need the pressing and streamlining seasons if we're doing it? No.
1: Okay. Now, let me... Right. First. So let me clarify. The market will give you 365 days worth of pricing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So if you want pricing for next, for 2025, you're not going to get pricing past March 1. So if you want to have pricing in there for the summer and things like that, that will default then from your season. I so then- and then... Can say put a premium on it or whatever the case may be.
2: Okay. So right now it's yielding. Mm-hmm. We don't have something in there, but uh, it doesn't come up. So yielding is the one that's affected by the season pricing we put in. Correct. Yes. Got it. Okay. Yes. So if we go with the comp setting, that's a safety net to make sure if somebody books way in advance that at least they get a rate that is feasible. The comp set is saying, in this
1: case, I want to price with specific competitors. Yes. So I'm going to pull in this unit and set a rule. Right. Anything, and this is only going to be as long as they have pricing pushed out into the marketplace. Right. So if they only list out till March of 2025, then we can't pull anything for April because it, has, it, isn't, it doesn't exist yet.
2: So the pricing within the property is going to be the fallback if there's nothing. Uh, yes. for the comps, that's what. That's- Correct,
1: yes. So in that case, this is where the seasons would come into play. So consider that as like, okay, this is just exactly like you said, your fallback, right? Your shell. So if anything goes away or whatever the case may be, you have a good structure when anything, at the end of the day, this is your fallback. So yielding is a layer that works with comps, with works with the comp set pricing, works with market-based pricing, and works with season pricing, if you will. Okay. So it works with all three of those. So for example, like we can say, hey, this is 215, but if these dates for next year start to pick up, and right now we're looking at Ashley, and... She doesn't have pricing yet. We'll still show it available, and we'll show it available for two hundred and fifteen.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: then, if that continues to book up in this grouping, then we will increase the price. That would be the goal, so we don't sell too fast, and so we're still protected, even though we're not following the marketplace there.
2: So that's based oh. on availability, while well, comps, comps are based on what other people are doing. Correct. Yes.
0: Sorry. No. But if somebody's going to build in the marketplace, they're going to want to first still build out their seasons, put that all in place as the foundation, set their floor rates, and then turn that on.
2: Yes. Correct. Yeah. That's the way we've been moving. Can one property uh, be in more than? Can we have more than one comp property per comp set? Like half yes. board, rent we can. Mm-hmm. So we do a comp set of uh, compatible places in that specific area and we can put properties in that and have several comps in there. Yes. But, yeah. So that makes sense. It made sense to my head, but it didn't want to kind of <laughs> so yes. Yeah, so
1: let's say and I'm just gonna pull up this area again. And let's just say we wanted to look at everybody. We're looking in this little pocket of area but let's say we wanted just everybody who was on the block or all the two and three bedrooms that were in a specific grouping or everybody whatever the logic we wanted Mm -hmm. was set here and we say we want all of these homes right and for just display purposes I can say I want all of these guys but a label to it And then what will happen is when we get it, we're going to show you the average selling price of all of these homes. Okay. And then from there, because that will be a very specific cop grouping, it's all three bedrooms in this very specific location because where market-based pricing can become not the best resource is because it goes by zip code. So it's like. I don't need the whole beach. I just need this condo building, right? I just need this neighborhood. So then at that point, I'm just going to pull product in that specific area. And then we're going to show you the average selling price of that area. And then from there, we can pay, we'll analyze it. And then if we like what we see or we understand what they do and we don't like the strategy, then we'll adjust it or just keep it as reference. The recommendation is to watch what they do first, and then if we like it, then we map it.
2: Would it be smart to set up a really tight area and then a second count set that's the whole West Beach and watch the and watch the two and kind of see close by and externally mm-hmm. determine which set we need to apply to that property? Mm-hmm. Yes. That's kind of an ideal strategy. Yep.
1: And you only have to shop it once. Right. Cause then once we have the data, then we're just looking at numbers and looking at availability and looking at occupancy. And to take it to the next level, you can actually create a weight and say, I want 100% of my, or let's say 80% of my smaller group, and then consider 20% of the marketplace. And so you can create different weights for your competitors. You can create
2: the 20%. On the tight neighborhood and eighty percent on OSD. Just let yourself correct. Yep. We can split where the comps come from. Yes.
0: Can you give an example like when that is beneficial, and then conversely when it would be problematic?
1: So we would use that once we knew our position in the marketplace. So, for example, if we are the market leader. Maybe we use the supply and available supply as a floor, right? Because if we know we're the premier, we don't want to ever sell below them. So in some cases, you may say, look, I know in this specific building, I'm the market leader. However, compared to the whole beach, maybe there's some more luxury product over here. I don't need to be so high. I need to just consider the weight of the the competition. In other cases, if you're using like very specific competitors, like saying I need to be, I consider these five homes, I'm trying to think how I can say this with the right math. So if I say these five homes, I like what they do, I need to price match them. But if they're not there, how much do I want to rely on from the marketplace, right? Because if they're sold, I don't have a selling price anymore.
2: So then and we, we the second
1: percent. Yeah. Correct. Yes. Yes. Because the way that the system, the way that we would use the strategy is we want to know what's available to sell in the marketplace. So when we are promoting prices, we're competitive. As soon as they're sold, they're not seeing their inventory anymore. They're only seeing us. So we don't even show the price because... We need to make sure that we keep it relevant. Like there's no supply there. There's compression. And then we can usually set the tone of where we're going to be.
2: Do what? we have building setup set up comps based on like Brett Robinson vacation right there? Do mm-hmm. we do it by, by the company? Mm-hmm.
1: So you could come in here and just specifically select those ones. And then, and you could also filter by these two or sort,
2: filter. And then you can come in here and I just search this little area, but yeah.
1: if you want the whole beach, so if you wanted the whole beach, what we would do is search the whole beach and we're actually working on adding the owner or the PM as a searchable filter up here. Mm-hmm. So then you don't have to you don't have to click through all of these. You could just say, I need in the whole beach, I want all Brett Robinson properties. In the meantime, if you have a if you have a square or whatever shape you want, because this can go as custom as you choose, then apply and then you'd have to filter. But yes, you can. Good. And that's also a good point, too, because you could see what Brett Robinson does on booking.com versus what they do on HomeAway versus what they do on Airbnb. Because in Streamline, you can have different prices per channel of distribution. So you could have, let's say, $100 on your website, 105 to Airbnb, and $120 to Virbo. Yeah. So if we're wanting to really drill down and we know that Brett Robinson's our competitor, then we would want to watch what they do on every channel as well. And also just to understand their strategy, right? So we know if they're going to price at 150 on Burbo and 99 on Airbnb, we wanna consider that, right? And be able to speak to it too, because maybe one, they're hiding fees, maybe one, they're, it's not included or anything can be a little bit different, but then that also empowers the res team or when phone calls are coming in to say, well, I found it cheaper over here. Then you can also educate like, yeah, but it's missing ABC.
3: Well, that's the next trick is the way, because I understand, well, some of the stuff with Airbnb, I think we've got six categories, we've got two with streamline, with rent and cleaning. And we ended up deciding we were going to put some other fees and cleaning, but then made it so that we were charging way more for cleaning. Yeah. So then we busted it back up into rent so much per night. And that's where the, that seems to be the tricky game that a lot of them play on Airbnb is, cause we all know that's a monster platform. Yeah. Especially definitely in our market. And just how their people are able to hide and ship fees. And we looked at one and they weren't even charging a cleaning fee. So I don't even know how, I guess they're cleaning it themselves. I yeah. I guess. But I don't know. I can't do mm-hmm. that.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And the other part to that too is, and this is why we want to study them for a little bit because also it could be an error, right? Like maybe they didn't map the cleaning fee on that specific home. Or if we find that it's a trend then you're right. How are they cleaning that? Like, what are they doing? Is it in the fine text that says there's a cleaning fee due upon arrival? Where are they hiding it?
2: Can we do comps just for our information so that we can look and see what's going on without having to attach them to properties, correct?
1: Correct, yes. And that's the recommended step. Get the data first. (laughs) Yeah, get the data first and then let's set automation to it. Concept Concept pricing.
2: yes. And we need to continue the course we were on to, you know, set at the, the seasons and the properties for a backup for what we do moving forward.
1: Yes. So that's all correct, except you don't have to turn yielding off.
2: Oh, I can leave yielding on and then do comp as well?
1: Yes. Oh. What that means is that, so A, for next year, you could always have a premium. You'd always want your yielding on and B, why you want yielding on once you get into different groupings is to say, if we're sitting wide open, regardless of what the comps are doing, we need to take matters in our own hands and we still need the system to act a certain way or pricing to act a certain way. And on the flip side of that, if we're finding compression where the market isn't, we don't want to continue to follow them. We want to yield
2: up. So We're watching our own inventory and our own tracking, and also comparing that to the market by having yes, yes, okay. Mm-hmm. And your system can come up with a happy number in between this.
1: Yes. Yep, and that's what we'll set up and measure
3: as we meet every week. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're finding that seems to be a lot of the concern of our own. A
1: floor rate and a ceiling rate are guardrails of where the humans and the systems need to stay within. So the more floors we put in, the more restrictions we're putting on ourselves and eliminating the ability to show up within the marketplace. And also just work with, let's just start with simple things, right? We can go as low as 75 and no more than 200. In this case, that's what this option one is showing us here. If at some point we were saying, yes, this 75 is great, maybe in the off season, but during season, we don't want to sell less than 110, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: then at that point, we would put in dates in here and say from Memorial Day, and I don't even know if that's more. I think it's the 20th, but you get my drift to September Labor Day. Don't go down to one to 75, go to one Oh nine. And then.
3: So Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night need to be cheaper. But Thursday, Friday, Saturday is what it needs mm-hmm. to Up up. So we can at least. Correct. Up. And
1: you can set that in your shell in Streamline. Yeah. So it always happens and always comes over to RevMax like that. And or you also have the ability to just differentiate by days of week in the tape chart and just do a bulk edit and say midweek drop twenty percent or something. Agreed. So this was this is a clean, simple setup. I probably wouldn't put a ceiling rate in only because if demand is there, let them buy it. Unless you're getting complaints and people aren't seeing the value of this product at two hundred dollars. Then you could say, okay, put a ceiling and don't let it go above.
2: In that case, would you go with a comp that is like if you have two bedrooms that are you think they're the same quality? You think they are the same quality as these three, but nobody's booking and they're saying it's too high. Do we just choose a different set of comps? Is that something? Yes, that
1: would... those ones are available, mm-hmm. and they're not booking at whatever price they have. I would sit twenty percent below, and then just. If they wake up and they decide to drop rate, then you're dropping rate. But if you're already booked, then it doesn't matter. The other piece is if you are sitting at 20% below and you're still not booking, it may not be a price issue. It may be a demand issue. And then we'd have to look at marketing and optimizing distribution and capturing guests, right? So then the strategy becomes, how do I get more guests? right? We need to get guest emails. We need to promote our website. We need to co-op with some local areas. We need to do pay-per-click, run social media ads, get people engaged with us. That way we can create our own audience and then send messages and things like that.
3: So on that set ceiling rate manually, then if you don't want to put the $200 cap on it, what do you just set it at zero?
1: Yeah. Once it's zero, it's no. Okay. So, if you knew during the summer you couldn't go below 109, but at the same time, in this case, let's call it the shell was set at 200. If we're noticing that they're dropping to the bare minimum within so many days, we may have to put in some rules to protect ourselves against them just so we don't follow that same. We don't get ourselves caught, basically. It will never go below this. However, if they're going to 99 and we say, we need to stop there, then we need to put that layer of logic in so the system doesn't go below that. And you can also do this by day of week. So maybe seventy five dollars midweek, but on the weekends, we don't we know we don't need to go that way because we're gonna sell. We just may sell at the last minute, but regardless, maybe that floor is ninety nine. Okay. And so you can just come in here and say I need it to be ninety nine dollars Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah. And what you can do is, if like for example that, hey, we know from now until the end of time, it is nine. Like our floor is different for Thursday, Friday, Saturday. You can save this and then apply it to all your units. So then the shell, this shell will copy over. So the only thing you have to then go data entry is your value per home.
2: So and it automatically adds that line to all properties and that go and address. Yeah. Love it. Alright, have, have a good weekend. Thank you, you too.
1: we We'll talk to you Monday. Thank you, everybody. Okay. Thanks. Bye.
3: Bye. not so call it in their the Casa cast. We got